you're listening to In The Know, a collection of career development insights and leadership experiences from INSEAD, the business school for the world. Welcome to In The Know from INSEAD. My name is Luke Thomas, and today we feature a little more about careers and leadership in entrepreneurship, and in particular, social entrepreneurship. Social entrepreneurship is the use of startup companies and other entrepreneurs to develop, fund, and implement solutions to social, cultural, or environmental issues, ideally cultivating purpose-driven leaders and businesses that can transform the world and achieve a sustainable future. And just even if I can play a small role, my team can play a small role in helping them um, gain momentum and kind of get a start to where they ultimately want to go. For me, that's the most rewarding part. That was one of today's speakers, Nancy Xie, discussing how her career helps contribute to the growth of others. Also joining our conversations from the Philippines was Daniel Leung. Daniel graduated from INSEAD with the MBA 17D class and was declared the winner of the 35th INSEAD Venture Competition. A lot of the pitch competition was centered around not just presenting, but also coming up with uh, great answers to the questions that the judges gave us. So let's get in the know with Nancy Xie and Daniel Liao. So today we have Nancy and Daniel, who's joining us online from the Philippines. Uh, thank you both for joining us uh, and the discussion we're going to create today. Let's start by hearing more about yourselves, uh, the careers you're in now and how you've got to where you are. And I suppose let's start with uh, Daniel joining us from afar. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Um, so I'm, I'm from the Philippines, uh, as I stated. I co-founded PeoplePods, which is a corporate solution to provide dignified dormitory communities for migrant factory workers in the Philippines. My parents raised me to have a strong sense of social justice, uh, particularly with regards to the welfare of employees. The business that we started aims to address the housing needs of minimum wage employees in Philippine Industrial Park, which have for years been neglected. So many workers at the bottom of the pyramid move from small islands or rural villages uh, in the Philippines to industrial areas for safe employment and stable wages. Uh, They have great jobs at multinational manufacturers inside the industrial parks, but have no choice but to rent unprofessional slum-like dwellings outside of the economic zones. So PeoplePods is uh, actually a service that seeks to give uh, workers a better life in an environment that allows them to live with dignity. Uh, Fantastic. I mean, that sounds like a very worthy cause. And and how how did you come to to PeoplePods? How how did that sort of come about, Daniel? Uh, So really it was... INSEAD that placed me on this path. So before INSEAD, um, I was working uh, at an investment bank. Um, but I guess one reason why I started at INSEAD or chose to go for my MBA was I wasn't fulfilled. I, I, I always wanted to uh, start a business that was about social impact. Uh, 
didn't think I could do it. So INSEAD for me was really a huge personal development. Basically, uh, it, it developed me as a, as a person. So when I started uh, in about April or so, about three months after I started at INSEAD, there was this competition that came up, the Kellogg Real Estate Competition. And my friends and I, we formed a team to uh, represent INSEAD in the competition. Um, and the idea that we came up with was a affordable dormitory concept. Um, we hadn't fully fleshed out the social impact component of it yet, but we knew that there was definitely a, a way to um, have both profit and, and people, the, the impact at the same way, at the same time. Um, I guess it's a, uh, it was a whole journey for us to get to uh, where we are now. And INSEAD really helped us, well, helped me personally develop the skills and through the competitions, the, the perseverance and the courage to be bold enough to launch PeoplePods right after the MBA program. It's, it's an amazing story uh, reading through uh, how people pods have started and, and the success you're bringing to in such a worthy cause. So, I mean, we can touch upon um, further details of people pods later, but uh, I suppose uh, I'll throw it over to Nancy and, and a bit more about yourself, Nancy, and, and your career to date so we can understand how you fit into to Daniel and people pods and, and the great INSEAD community. Great. So, um, so I was born in Taiwan, but my family moved to the U.S. when I was quite young, when I was in kindergarten. And so I grew up mostly in Southern California. I did have a stop in upstate New York before moving to Fontainebleau. And I've had three acts in my career so far. Um, my first, um, my first start was with UCLA Anderson, um, as the manager for the Center for International Business. And then I decided to switch into the corporate world after some time and go into innovation and brand management. And then um, because my husband is also in academia, you know, we had this opportunity to come to INSEAD. And for me, it, it was a difficult choice because I actually quite loved my job in brand management and, in, and innovation. But at the same time, I really missed the energy of higher education and specifically um, business with working with business students. So actually listening to Daniel and the impact that he felt like going through INSEAD and going through the venture competition really validates the um, career choice that I made to come back into higher education. And now I'm the executive director for the Center for um, Entrepreneurship. And I I love working with students and helping them fulfill their dreams. Mm -hmm. And just even if I can play a small role, my team can play a small role in helping them um, gain momentum and kind of get a start to where they ultimately want to go. For me, that's the most rewarding part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for sure, that's it must be a really nice touch to to hear a story like Daniel's just mentioned. That, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, you can hear the difference that it's made. And you know, at times we think of careers and and our roles in in communities uh, and and how that can sort of come together. And and it's more than just about being paid and turning up nine to five. So I, I suppose. I'll move on to some of the highlights of, of both of your careers. Um, you, you've talked about where you are now. Are there any key highlights over your journey in your career that really stood out to you? Let's start with Nancy this time. Sure. So early in my career as a side project, I had the amazing opportunity to work as the deputy, deputy director for a network of Latin American and Caribbean economists. 
And so the association was part of a larger consortium of international research institutes focused on generating, sharing, and applying knowledge about development. And the experience really opened my eyes to how I and others can contribute to the growth of those in less fortunate situations. And I think that actually has come full circle as I'm here at INSEA now and we're focused on business for good and tech for good. I can, you know, I can really see what I was doing 10, 15 years ago coming back into play now. And then on a totally different, um, <laughs> totally different note in a career, um, when I was doing innovation and brand management, I had the opportunity to create and develop innovative food products for families. And as you can imagine, like I said, this was a lot of market research, but also a lot of eating on the job, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you're getting paid to do it. Yeah. You're um, getting a chance to be creative and creating something that's not on the market. And so that, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite fun. Innovative, right. Mm-hmm. Mm, always nice to get paid to eat. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, a Indeed. luxury. And, and Daniel, is there anything that uh, stands out to you that you're, you're really, uh, obviously People Pods is, a, is an amazing experience at the moment, but anything in your career to date that uh, highlights that you'd like to sort of make us aware of? Yeah, definitely. But firstly, I'd like to start by saying that Nancy and the IVC were instrumental in helping me launch People Pods. The self-confidence the the IVC gave me was, I guess, empowering. Uh, I guess just to to step back a little bit uh, from my undergrad in Georgetown in the U.S., um, I had come from a Jesuit elementary and high school in Manila, which had a very strong influence on me in terms of becoming a a man for others. Uh, So Georgetown as a Jesuit school uh, had the same values that were in sync with me. However, many of my classmates ended up becoming investment bankers. I guess that's where Georgetown sort of pushes the students. Um, so I started investment banking, doing equity capital markets, uh, and then mergers and acquisitions. Um, when I came to INSEAD in Fontainebleau, I honestly thought that I would end up uh, doing private equity in Europe. It seemed like a natural uh, progression of my career. I guess I didn't think that I had what it took to be an entrepreneur, so I didn't think I would become an entrepreneur uh, immediately after. The, the IVC was instrumental because I, I really learned great things from it. Uh, the first was learning to frame a situation and think on my feet to answer questions. A lot of the pitch competition was centered around not just presenting, but also coming up with uh, great answers to the questions that the judges gave us. And the IVC really helped with that. And what I learned specifically there, I use a lot now when I talk to investors or to customers. We're a B2B business, um, so I I do get a lot of questions and need to uh, come up with, with Uh, answers right on the spot. Um, The second thing that I learned from the IVC was perseverance. So uh, actually, PeoplePods joined two IVCs, the 34th and the 35th. So we lost miserably in the 34th. We made it to the semifinals, but there were questions that we weren't able to adequately answer. I guess at that point, 
we hadn't fully fleshed out the the answers yet. I mean, of course, right after we lost, we had worked really hard. Um, it was a it was definitely a big blow. The 35th IVC taught us was not to give up, uh, even if there were failures along the way. One of the winners of a previous IVC told me something that really resonated with last year. Uh, he said that all the no's that are put in my way are just preludes to eventually getting a yes at the end. So what I learned from the IVC as well is that um, grit and perseverance in the entrepreneurial journey are critical. If I if I can if yeah, I can add you know it's it's really great for me to hear Daniel's point of view and then on our end we frequently use people pods as an example because it's exactly as Daniel said like to be an entrepreneur you need to have perseverance mm. and grit and you need to be able to accept failures mm. because you're going to have so many more failures than you will have successes of course and oftentimes you know once I've seen. Others, when they reach a roadblock or when they get a no, they feel like it just that that single response invalidates everything that they were working on. And then they just abandon it and, try, and do something different. And for me, I, I feel like sometimes an idea is going to click with an investor or click with a customer, you know, with a client. And sometimes it's not. And the, the thing about entrepreneurship is that you have to just keep trying, that um, you cannot take things personally. And so with people pods, I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they failed miserably. Making the semifinals, yeah. not really a failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they went pretty, you know, they went pretty far. And my recollection is actually the judges quite liked, uh, quite liked the venture. But Daniel's right. They um, probably, they, they were not as far along as some of the other ventures for that particular competition but for them to come back and for the judges um to what well, i'm not sure that the judges didn't know they were in the previous competition but at least you know for me personally to be able to see the progress that they made over the summer um and how they actually took the feedback of the judges who are oftentimes investors so they really listened they listened they adapted and they presented again um, something that was more sophisticated, something that was more thought out. And, you know, a, as he's mentioned, the benefits, you know, the benefits are there. So not only is it now a true venture, but he's learned, he's taken lessons from the venture competition. So these are the exact type, this is the type of profile of students, of entrepreneurs that we're looking to help. Mm. Yeah, right. And I suppose moving on, we talk about progress and perseverance and always continuing to uh, to push and pursue what you're you're looking for. It uh, brings up a question about both of your lifelong uh, career fulfillment. What, what does that look like to each of you? Where do you want to go in your careers uh, in, in the future as you continue to progress and, and continue to uh, persevere with what you're trying to achieve? Uh, let's start with Daniel. Able to improve the quality of life of thousands of workers at the bottom of the pyramid, hopefully all over Southeast Asia. Wow, fantastic! It's a very noble uh, goal and ambition. And, and Nancy, what, what do you see for your future moving forward? So it's a tough one because I think when I was younger, I always liked to plan things out, and then as I get older, I realize that 
the best laid plans don't always <laughs> don't always work out, don't yeah. always pan out the way I imagine. But for me, what's personally fulfilling is um, I've always made a point of doing things that I'm passionate about, sure. that I I like, mm -hmm. because I'm very aware of how little time I have, you know, in in the world, or how we how little time we all have. And I'm a big proponent of not wasting time on things that I don't enjoy. Um, and for me, what I find most fulfilling is doing something that has a positive impact on others. So not just something that, you know, it's something I enjoy for myself, but not only that I'm benefiting, but I feel like, um, as I mentioned earlier, if I can just have a positive effect on another individual, making their life easier, helping them in some way, then I feel like I, that was a good, good use of my time. So no matter, um, you know, what industry it's in. I, I feel like I, I just want to be able to have a good influence on someone. Great. Nancy, your work definitely had a good influence on me. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Daniel. Keep doing what you're doing, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right, so we're moving on to more the program and, and Daniel, your experience uh, with the MBA program and, and Nancy's, uh, I suppose, career here and how, how we all fit in. Daniel, where were you and what were you doing uh, when you made the decision to do an MBA? And, and how did you come to that decision? I think it was most likely in the info session for INSEAD, but I didn't know which MBA would be the right one for me. Uh, what I've found is students from other schools that I've met, INSEADers tend to be more open to the opinions of others. What I really liked about my classmates was that when they would walk into a room, when we would walk into a room, uh, we don't think we're the, the smartest in the room, which actually opens us up to more opportunities to hear the other side and to learn from the other side as well. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. I suppose you've mentioned the, the INSEAD Center for Entrepreneurship. Uh, you're now a, a budding entrepreneur. How, how can you explain the process you went through and, and, and some advice you can give people that maybe have the same doubts or are looking at the same uh, change of career? Yeah. Uh, so what I really liked about the MBA program was that it was a safe place to take risks. I, I, was, I was never really one to join competition. The first competition I joined actually was just because a friend – uh, asked me to join the team that he had formed for a case competition. Uh, we didn't win, um, but we had such a great time. Spent the whole day preparing a financial analysis, the venture capital competition. It was an, an internal round. We spent the whole day trying to do a analysis of a startup and in 12 hours of just trying to crank it out, we were all in a single room, um, very exhilarating. Even if we lost, what I realized from that competition was that I actually didn't really lose anything. In 12 hours, in the grand scheme of things, to be able to learn something is, is not a lot of time. After that, I sort of got hooked. Uh, I joined another case competition the Bain and Company Bocone competition in Milan. Uh, this time, we were, my team and I were sent, a different team were sent to 
compete in Bocconi, I we, we didn't win again. But I got a lot of learnings in terms of presentation style, working under intense pressure, until finally, like a couple months later, we won our first competition, and that was the Kellogg Real Estate Competition. And I guess a piece of advice that I would give new students in INSEAD is to lean in those sort of experiences. Yeah, that sounds like sound advice to me. I guess a question for Nancy. I mean, uh, I, I found a, a quote from a, a past student, uh, Hisham Azat, who did his MBA in, in 1997. Um, he said, prior to INSEAD, I had no intention of being an entrepreneur. I liked the idea, but I didn't know how to do it. Uh, and then by 2016, he started two ventures uh, and he's the CEO of a company called Tyrium. So, I mean, uh, again, uh, that similar type story that, that comes around, similar to Daniel, there's no intention there or you do know how to become an entrepreneur. But uh, what would you suggest as, as you've seen so much uh, uh, experience of students coming through and, and creating these, uh, these type ventures? What, what would you recommend uh, students or even people looking to become an entrepreneur? How, how do they make that step? Right. So I would say for students who are interested in becoming an entrepreneur, during your time at INSEAD, it's 10 months, it's 12 months, it goes by incredibly quickly. But at the same time, there are so many different activities and resources and knowledge on campus for you to take advantage of. And so what I always advise people to do is just take time at INSEAD to explore and to network and to learn all you can about what it means to be an entrepreneur. Don't be shy about sharing your idea or you know your ideas because that's really going to help craft whether or not you yourself, you have the personality, you have the profile to become an entrepreneur if you have the appetite for risk. And you know, oftentimes I'll find that people will realize that it's not the logical step in their career post-graduation, but it is maybe five years out or seven years out, or 10 years out. And that's all okay. But I think, as Daniel was alluding to, it's very low risk here. So what I always tell people is, I'd rather that you put yourself out there and maybe stumble a little than go into the real world and then make the mistake there where then you're really losing time and you're really losing money. Mm, okay. And another thing you mentioned was, uh, you know, creating uh, networking opportunities and the amount of opportunities that are available here, particularly on the MBA program, but other programs as well. Um, and one other thing that comes up and I hear a lot from students is the student clubs. And obviously there's a vast variety of clubs available to people and, and the important role that plays in students' life while they're on campus. Uh, can you explain some of the ideas of the IEC activities? I mean, there's there's speaker events and, and three Ps, if you like, and the, the treks. Can can you explain how that sort of makes up uh, students' lives and, and what they experience going through that? Sure. Huh? And that's something that the Center for Entrepreneurship uh, collaborates closely with the Entrepreneurship Club, which is run by the students. So in terms of the three Ps, that stands for pitch, pizza, and pints. Sounds Usually good. just an evening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just an evening where um, folks who are interested in entrepreneurship get together. We have a dedicated space for them on the Fontainebleau campus. And um, it's an opportunity for students who have venture ideas just to pitch to their peers. Mm -hmm. And they can get 
you know, they can get feedback, they can get advice, maybe find others who might be interested in working with them on that idea. But the thing is, you won't know until you put yourself out there. And INSEAD's uh, students come from such diverse and rich backgrounds that it always amazes me what expertise people have. And you can never make any kind of assumptions by, based on looking at someone because, you know, you never know geographically where they were based. You don't know what industry they came from, what they were doing before. And I'm always really amazed by somebody saying, oh, well, I, I did that before. My family does that. Or I know somebody who does that. So you start to make these real connections and you get great feedback. So that's the three piece. The treks um, is something organized by the clubs where they will go out to um, a different part of the world, whether it's, you know, it's maybe Amsterdam, sometimes it's as close as Paris or off to London to Berlin, but they're going to startup communities and they're visiting different startups. They're talking to founders, oftentimes they're INSEAD alumni founders or investors, and they're just getting out there and seeing how th things are working in the real world. So they're able to um, chat with different founders and startups and understand what is it like to create my own startup? What is it like to be working in a startup? Uh, what are investors looking for? So these are just short treks that folks, um, that small groups of students will take, but it's a great eye-opener for them. And then in terms of the speaker series, there are I always say there are no shortage of spe great speakers on campus. And I think the way that the club um, speaker series works differently, the differentiation is that it provides a more intimate setting between the audience and the speaker. So instead of being in a large amphi with 150, 200 people, sometimes it can be as small as 20, 30, 40 people. Um, but this also allows you to really interact with the speaker. Um, oftentimes, it'll be a founder or, um, you know, as much as we try, we know we, tr we try to bring in alumni, but also we realize, you know, there are great entrepreneurs out there. So whomever is willing to come to INSEAD and, um, and share their advice and share their um, experience with INSEAD students, we you know, always welcome them. And they talk about a different array of different um, topics. All pertaining to the entrepreneurship journey, and this is very this is very helpful. I'd like to know more about the the venture competition that obviously uh, we've discussed previously, and and Daniel went through. Uh, tell us more about that, and then I'd like to hear from Daniel uh, if he's got any uh, tips and advice. So I'll start with Nancy. Just if you could explain the venture competition to us and how it comes about, and and what people go through, and and then we'll get a, a bit of advice from Daniel and how how that process works, and maybe how you could be successful. So the venture competition is something that the Center for Entrepreneurship has been running for 19 years. We do it uh, two times a year. So we're just about to kick off our 38th INSEAD adventure competition. It's existed in many different forms over the years, but the way that it's been um, in the last four and a half years that I've been at INSEAD um, is that it's a three-stage competition open to all degree program, current degree program participants at INSEAD. And you can be a team of one, although we really suggest that you have more co-founders, um, but up to a team of six. And specifically, we are looking for new ventures, so not something that people have been working on for five years prior to INSEAD, but new ventures that maybe they came to INSEAD with, hoping to develop and um, actually execute on post-graduation, or even something that they came up with during their time here. And... The purpose of the venture competition is really to help 
motivate, in sti- motivate, stimulate, and also to educate those who are interested in creating a real venture post INSEAD and give them that boost so that they can make it a reality. One of the things I've noted is that at INSEAD, your time goes by so quickly. So what I have seen in a lot of students is that they have great ideas, but then they're not fully able to really work on it because class gets in the way, social events get in the way, club activities, recruiting, all sorts of things occupy, occupy their time. But if they join the venture competition, they start to receive so many different resources and feedback um, along the way that I've seen students just get excited about their idea and then start to um, focus more on it and work on it during their time here. And I always say, especially if you advance to the semifinals, you have to get up and actually pitch in front of a panel of investors, you know, who are um, acting as judges. So obviously you don't want to make a fool of yourself. So that's when you, you know, again, dedicate more time to the venture and going through the, going through the steps. In fact, what we've seen is win or lose that the participants put themselves in a much better position to be able to succeed or to at least be able to execute on a more robust, more developed idea post INSEAD than those who don't go through the competition. Sure. Okay. And, and as we've alluded to, that's something that Daniel went through himself. Uh, he went through twice, in fact. (laughs) Um, Daniel, have you got any insights, if you like, to the, to the competition and any hints or tips for people that may be interested in doing the, uh, the competition in the future? And, and you've been involved in other, other competitions outside of INSEAD as well. How do you find those sort of venture competitions and, and what do you think brings success in those type settings? Another reason that my partner and I got up the courage to launch PeoplePod is because when we went on the founder's trek, uh, we actually met a COO of a 1,000 employee company, and he was 22 years old. When we met him, we, we heard him speak the company and he was running it on a day-to-day basis. We thought to ourselves, wow, a 22-year-old guy, uh, which in our eyes is like, okay, 22, what is I doing at 22? Um, I was still going out with my friends, having you know beers, <laughs> not really sure what I was going to do with my life. Um, when we saw him doing that, we realized, okay, maybe we can do it as well. We developed that confidence seeing other successful people uh, do it. And on the three Ps, I'd like to add as well to what Nancy was saying. Uh, So for startup, uh, luck is a large factor. Uh, And and luck encapsulates maybe time as well as circumstance. So it just so happened that in one of the three Ps where I talked about people pods, we met our largest investor. He wasn't an investor at the time. It took a couple of years before, well, almost a couple of years before he came in. But, oh, sorry, it took a year or so, a little over a year before he came in. But it was lucky because I don't think if we had not met him in the, I think that if we had not met him uh, in the three Ps event, he wouldn't have been comfortable enough with us to invest uh, because he had not met us personally. 
So yeah, quite lucky. Yeah, for sure. And referring to the competition, uh, yeah, what are the, the benefits to participating? Daniel's discussed some of them, but from, from your end, Nancy, what, what do the students benefit from being involved in this competition? So the competition itself is three stages, and typically for the first stage, we receive anywhere between 50 to 60 applications, and we're incredibly fortunate to have about 40 different external judges who help us to screen the applications. And so the first stage, it's just a four-page venture summary, so it's not a huge investment on a participant's time. But from there, they'll get feedback on um, what the judges thought about the venture, and they'll also have the opportunity to request a mentor if they like. Now, for those who advance, um, there are 12 teams that advance to the semifinals. And that then becomes um, not just a venture summary, but semifinalists are required to actually create a business plan as well as a five-minute pitch. And they have the opportunity to pitch in front of a panel of judges, usually f- between four to six judges, who are angel investors, VCs, experienced entrepreneurs. So it's really like a setting as if you were in the real world pitching to, um, to people for funding. So all of the semifinalists receive more extensive assistance. So they're assigned two mentors that, are, um, that have experience in their field. They also get training on... Um, how to present. So for example, with the last competition, we were very fortunate to work with a creative presentation agency in Paris called Ideas on Stage. And they train presenters um, like TEDx speakers and CEOs and anybody who has to make large-scale presentations. And they came out and trained our semifinalists on best tips for um, best tips for pitching and best tips for cap- um, capturing our audience attention. And then on top of that, then for the finalists, so for the finalists, they're actually competing for seed funding. So the uh, first prize, thanks to the generous support of our many donors, we have anywhere between thirty to thirty-five thousand for first prize, usually around fifteen for second prize, and then five for the Patrick Turner Memorial um, Award, which is our um, it's five thousand and it's our third prize. And then we also have two prizes that are more specific to industries. One is for social impact and one is for low tech or consumer goods. So you actually have the opportunity to win seed funding. There's no equity involved. It's just seed funding for for that particular venture. And then um, there's actually a quite generous amount of different um, in-kind support as well, too. You receive credit for Amazon Web Services. You receive introductions to investors. Um, you also have opportunities to um, get development support from Mohara. So all of these things are um, what we hope are helpful resources and just um, incentives for people to create their venture post insead. Right, we'll finish up with uh, some very quick fire questions. And I guess we'll start off with some advice. I mean, Dan, you, you mentioned that you were sort of experienced to talk with a, a 22-year-old that was running a, uh, a company with a 1,000 people in it. And uh, I guess this is a little bit topical. Um, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self uh, looking back on what you know now and your experience now? And I suppose we can start with Dan. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self, Dan? I guess when I was 20, I was paying my dues in, in my career, um, but I 
would always beat myself up for not excelling fast enough or not starting things that I should have started or finishing things that I should have finished. Um, now I realize it's all part of the journey. So the advice that I would give to myself is be patient, um, pay your dues, things will come. Very nice. And Nancy, what would you uh, sort of whisper into the ear of your 20-year-old self? <laughs> so I would say don't stress so much and don't worry about having your life mapped out already because there's always going to be, there will always be unexpected opportunities that presents itself through the journey of life. And it's much more interesting to stay flexible and see what comes your way rather than saying, I have to do this by this time. Okay. What's the best or most worthwhile investment you've made? I mean, it could be an investment in money, time, energy, other resources. Let's start with Nancy. What's what's the best investment you've made? Well, a few years ago, I decided to invest more time in sleeping, which sounds, which sounds, <laughs> sounds odd. Luxurious. <laughs> but, right. And for a big part of my life, I was the type that only slept a few hours each night. Wow. And I'm naturally a morning person, so sure. I always wake up chipper and ready to go. And what's early for so, you, Nancy? Uh, oh, um, well, I'm a morning person, so I'm not necessarily up early. I'm usually up around seven, but right. I didn't have to sleep for, I didn't have to sleep very long right. to wake up very alert. Sure. So I never thought that sleep was also all that important. But um, then I started to read and hear more research on the long-term effects of sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. And I decided just to change up my routine. And it's not really easy because I think we all feel like there's not enough time you know, in, in a you given day. Sure. And so to spend eight hours sleeping seems like a huge waste. But I've actually seen the benefits, you know, both um, like emotionally, physically, you know, mentally, of getting enough sleep. And so it's something now that I always recommend to others. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sounds like great advice to me. Um, and, and Daniel, what's the, or the best or most worthwhile investment you've made? Well, definitely. I'm going to say people pods, right? <laughs> <laughs> great answer. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been a challenging journey, but it's been exciting all the way. Um, I just want to caveat though, uh, by saying that to, to the listeners that startup is definitely risky. So you have to wait for the right timing and circumstances before you jump into it. It's definitely a leap. Just move forward purposefully and persevere. Great. So we'll finish up with one final question. What's the worst advice you see or hear being dispensed in your world? Uh, let's start with Nancy. Personally, I don't recommend that entrepreneurs raise outside funding too early if they don't have to. Because for me, being an entrepreneur is already a full-time job. And raising capital is almost a full-time job as well, too. So it's very hard to do both effectively and efficiently. And I think you're much better off focusing your energy on building your business early on than trying to get out there and um, raise too much capital. And, and Daniel, what's, what's the worst advice uh, you see? or here, being dispensed in your world? Oh, I, I definitely agree with Nancy, actually, on that one. Uh, it's extremely difficult to raise funding um, because of the time commitment. But I, I think, let's say, maybe, I, I think the worst advice that I've heard is blindly follow your passions, or you know, follow your passions in the context that um, without regard to the circumstances that you're in. 
like I said a while ago, startup is very risky and you need to wait for the right timing before actually jumping into it. Well, I think we can uh, wrap up there. Uh, thank you very much for both of your time. It's been a great conversation. I could ask many, many more questions, um, but we'll wrap up there. And thank you very much for being part of uh, the In The Know podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you, Luke. Thanks, Thanks Nancy. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to this episode of In The Know. If you want to know more about today's career development and leadership topics, head online to www.inthenow.insead.edu forward slash podcast. To discover more about any of INSEAD's degree programs, head to www.insead.edu.